Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 152. Today we are talking about performances in a pinch, how to put together a performance when you're under a time crunch. We'll also talk about our highs and lows from the teaching week, discuss some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment, share a work smarter, not harder teacher tip, and in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things we are enjoying in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So now it's time to share some highs and lows from the last couple of weeks. So Tanya, what would you like to share? Well, first we have to do a little reminder, heads up. If you are interested in going to the Oak Conference, the Organization of American Kodai Educators, it's time to book your flight and make sure you're registered and all that. And we did not plan no. wearing our shirts today. We're wearing our shirts. So if you're watching this on the YouTube, here we are in our Oak swag. And I think you can still order the Oak swag, maybe. I thought I still saw the link on the site. Anyways, yeah, there was a time where you could order t-shirts and tote bags. I have a tote bag too. I'm excited to bring with me. Yes. Yep. So yeah, 50th anniversary of OAKE and we will wear our shirts proudly. I kind of feel like I'm labeling myself as a 50 plus year old, but whatever. (laughs) It's fine. We're not 50. Oak is 50. I mean, we might be 50, but we'll never tell. (laughs) Oh, I've told it's fine. Age ain't nothing but a number. I'm not yet, but I'm I'm close. I'm getting closer every day. <laughs> you know, better than the alternative, right? <laughs> All right. So back to our highs and lows. Yeah. Um, Carrie, what you got? Oh, wait. oh I'm going. You, no, you're you going. Go first. Oh, you want me yeah. to go first? Oh, okay, cool. Sure, why not? Um, well, it kind of relates to today's topic, so I'll probably expect. Well, I know I'm going to expound more when we talk about our main theme. But I had I had a concert week this last week. Um, I had my fifth grade music program, which I'll talk about today. Um, this last week on a Thursday. And then the very next day, my choir sang the national anthem at the Colorado Mammoth game. Mammoth is uh, our professional lacrosse team here in Colorado. So it's at the big arena downtown. And my low is just that I'm exhausted. And that was really dumb of me. I don't, you know, I think I still think that I'm Carrie from 20 years ago, pre-children and pre-getting older, where I'm like, I can do all the things in the same week. And I'm not sure what thing got booked before the other and how it came to be. But I I also doubly feel bad, not just for me, well, triple. I mean, I feel bad for me. I feel bad for my kiddos, because obviously I had some fifth graders who did both. And then my principal and secretary, I mean, this is a high in that they are so supportive. My principal and my office secretary, they come to everything. They come to everything our kids do all the time. So not only were they there the night of the concert helping out, but then they also came to the Mammoth game and helped me shepherd kids around the arena. And I just, I felt awful <laughs> for all of us that it was two late nights in a row. I mean, they they happily did it and they understood, but I just felt bad and then for me. So just a reminder when booking events, don't book more than one thing in a week. Don't be like Carrie, because that was 
was way too much and I'm tired. And, I and tonight like we're going to the symphony on top of it. I know. Tonight we're going to the symphony. But that's fun. That's okay. Yeah. Tomorrow, well, I'll poke you if you fall asleep. I'm already, I'm already like planned it. It's in the calendar that tomorrow I will rest. Um, and really, I'm just worried. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get sick before Oak. So I'm just like needing to slow down and take care of myself. But all that to say, that was my low. The concerts went fine. And I'll talk more about them later. But the low is just for myself to slow down. That's all. Yeah. 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 You got to protect, protect all that. Exactly. Yeah. All right. How about you, Tanya? Well, of course, just like any week I can go either way, but I'm going to, I'm just going to talk about a, a very tiny little high because it's the tiniest thing, but it just still tickles me and makes me feel good. Uh, I had four, uh, excuse me, kindergartners in the room and it was Friday and we've been really differentiating between beat and rhythm and going at it. Um, and I, we were queen, queen, Carolining it up and we were playing the beat and I had a beat chart with all my little queen heads. Um, and then I switched the page and I've got little crowns that show the rhythm and, um, immediately one of my um little kindergartners goes oh and there's the rhythm oh yeah i don't know i mean i know that's such the tiniest thing but i just can't get over. i mean this is why i can still teach is i'm i guess i'm simple-minded to just get excited by the idea of oh someone learned something from me <laughs> wow so yeah it just was kind of like oh yeah, yes you're right that's exactly what that is so that's awesome no when kids make connections like that unprompted it's the best i get yeah. that yeah and it was just immediate and it was just adorable and i was like oh, maybe i can teach you know <laughs> yeah i get it awesome And it's time for our main theme, all about performances in a pinch. So we've talked a lot about performances on this podcast, but um, sometimes you don't have all the time to get ready to put on a show, especially if it's stop everything and put on a show, which you and I are not fans of and, and no. we do not advocate for. However, there is always... Um, there. While I don't stop the world to put on a show, there definitely is, okay, we're going to make this performance ready. We are going to practice with in mind of being in front of an audience. So there is definitely some extra time that takes over right before a show. However, it does not have to be um, a really long time before you put on a show uh, that you spend in class perfecting all this. Uh, I remember doing a lot of, when I did a lot of theater back in high school and college, there was always that, like that peak showtime, you know, you rehearse, you rehearse, you rehearse. And then there's like this time where everything is really coming together. And that's when you should have the performance. And sometimes you are rehearsing a little bit too long. Yeah. And then you have the performance and then it's, it kind of falls flat. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's done theater probably understands that whole idea of, you know, I, I'm sure there's a word for it that I'm not remembering right now. Well, but I mean, it's boredom. I think the kids just get bored of it and we get yeah. bored of 
it, right? Yes. But I think that's a rarity in our elementary music field. I'm guessing the issue is probably on the opposite side of the spectrum where you cut off your time a little bit too short, either because you didn't plan, and I'm saying you meaning me, um, how many rehearsals it would truly take, or you had some extra snow days thrown in, or oops, now the kids are going on a field trip, so you have a less rehearsal day, or you've been asked by your PTA to put together a performance in X amount of weeks, and now, and for some reason you said yes, and now all of a sudden you're stuck. So yeah, we've all been there. Um, I feel like I was there this year. For me, it was getting used to how often I see my kids, because like I've said a million times this year, I see my kids less often this year, because um, I see them for three school days, and then they go away for nine school days, where I'm used to seeing them for three school days, and they go away for six school days, and then they're back to me again. We've added a fourth rotation. So because of that, I'm having to really adjust my timing of how long it takes to do things and so this fifth grade program that i just did this last week i was under a time crunch and i was really freaking out about it ended up being okay because a lot of these tips we're going to talk about today i gave myself some of these tips and it made it okay but um anyways all that to say we have some ideas of how to make it happen yes yes i have a concert coming up a, a performance coming up with third grade and i have 10 days, basically 10 class periods. Yeah. Um, with every class, uh, actually there's like one less here and there because of field trips and other things going on. But, um, yeah. And I, I kind of feel like this is a, in a pinch 10 days doesn't feel like a lot, but it really is enough time. And I, I think together the stop performance in six class periods. Well, there you go. Six class periods plus two class periods where we were all together rehearsing on the gym. So eight, eight total, if you include the all together performance. Right. And yours was, and, and we're, we should get into this now because yeah. we'll talk about different types of performances mm -hmm. and the 10 class periods that I'm going to do with my third graders, I think is exactly enough. And I am doing a program based on a picture book. Yeah. Right. So, um, as far as a program, a concert, or whatever kind you want to call it, your performance, um, there's lots of different ways you can go. I think with the picture book, I'm really glad I have these 10 um, class periods because we are fitting music into a story. And while I will have kids who are pantomiming the motions of the characters, I am not having anybody wearing wireless mics. We're not, I'm going to have kids dress in colors related to the animals that they are. I'm not, I might do something with um, like hats or a headband with something that signifies, oh, I'm a duck or I'm, you know, this other type of bird or whatever. Yeah. But I thought the way to do it to make sure it gets done um, is colors. So I'm just going to simply say, if you are, you know, part of the bird family, you will wear red or blue. And if you are this, you know, that kind of thing. But so let's talk about the different choices yeah. you might make. And also keep in mind, and I should have gotten done the, the number um, that we do have a separate episode all about different types of performances, but we're just mm -hmm. going to give you a little reminder right now. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. picture books, do you want to share what, did you already say it and I missed it? What picture book? I doing? did not. So we saw our friend Paul Maley uh, a couple months ago, 
did a presentation for the Kodai chapter, and he is a former Colorado Kodai Institute student who does awesome things. And he um, showed this book called Acoustic Rooster, um, which I then purchased. And it's it's a great book because it's takes off on um, jazz uh, icons, jazz tropes, and it's about Acoustic Rooster and his barnyard band and how they want to compete in this band contest. And um, so it gives a little shouts out to uh, Mules Davis, who is Miles Davis, and yeah. Ella Fitzgerald, who is like Ella Fitzgerald, and and all of these little shout outs and all of these um, mentions of different jazz genres. Um, and the story is not much. He puts together his band and they play in the contest and they don't win, but everyone thinks they're awesome. Anyway, <laughs> so um, I have a little orf piece that we're going to play that's like the the main theme the leitmotif if you will mm -hmm. for um acoustic roof rooster in his barnyard band and then i'm also having the students play a recorder song at the very beginning that's a little bit jazzy because they have been doing recorders and i don't want us to forget about doing recorders and it's only bag um and then we're going to be singing with a karaoke track it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing and I have to rewrite the lyrics, which I haven't done yet, for the girl from Ipanema, because um, it's going to be called the chick from Ipanema, because it's a little, it's a little bird call out. Yeah. Um. So, and and that's it. Like as far as the music goes, yeah. one recorder piece, the main theme, and two songs singing karaoke. So really, that's only four pieces. Yeah. The rest of our time is going to be where does that happen? Um, the speaking parts is going to be huge. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself because we're going to be talking about, you know, how to divvy up things and all of that. Sure. Other types of performance, a yeah. thematic concert like yeah. you just had with your fifth graders. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I did a stomp theme with my fifth graders. So this is my second year at the school and this particular group of fifth graders, you know, I really tailored this towards them because they're not a real singing bunch. And as a Kodai inspired teacher, that's hard for me to say out loud. But again, my second year with them, sometimes you just gotta go with, with what you got. And um, they have lots of strengths. Um, singing is not one of them. And so I decided to really do a rhythmically focused concert. And so we did stomp routines and each class, I have four rotations, four classes of fifth grade. Each class created their own, um, wrote the rhythms, created a theme, blah, 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 blah. And then we had an open that we all did together really simple and a closer that we all did all really simple. So each individual class did three things, the opener, the closer and their thing in the middle. So then we rotated on and off stage with some video transitions. I found some quick clips on YouTube of like, what is stomp and examples of different stomp like things that I would play on the screen while the kids were transitioning. And actually funny enough, that's the thing that I got the most compliments on. <laughs> not that what? people didn't appreciate what the kids did but i had parents <laughs> specifically come and be like and i love how you tied it all together with the videos that was so great that was so cool to see like okay that to me was like i'm filling time people like i'm just trying to keep you busy while the kids are getting their kitchen items and ready to think but i think you know people appreciate the cohesiveness which you know i appreciate a good transition so sure but um anyways all that to say that's that's what we did and so yes, it was a stomp themed concert. The kids composed with lots of help from me. But again, we got it done in six class periods. So it's pretty good considering. All right. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then of course, you can always just do a good old concert with yes. the kids, you know, either vote or you select music that you've been working on all year. And it could be put together like a formal concert of here are some songs we're doing in music class, add some instrumental accompaniment to it. Or it could be more like an informants where you talk through here are the things we're learning, have the kids do a demonstration of some rhythmic skills or sing something in solfege or, you know, something like that. Um, yes. Then it so can be an interactive, okay. uh, yeah, it can be an interactive event where parents come in and they are expected to do a folk dance night yeah. with the kids. The kids already know the folk dance and you and kids teach the parents, okay, now we're going to do this reel and it goes like this. And um, I've talked a lot about my singing games night that I do with kindergarten each year. And that doesn't feel like I have to prep much for because it's music that we're already doing in music class and it's just my opportunity to do a community event and also um, take some time to say the reason that we have music in school is because of this and this and we are building community and we're building our music literacy skills and this song in particular we are really focused on keeping a steady beat and over here in this song we are singing in tune and notice there's some solo opportunities anyway so it's a chance for um, me to do a performance, but without a lot of prep. And I always get a lot of really good feedback for that. Um, yeah. Back to the concert of music. Yeah. That can be themed or it could be not themed. I have a right, second grade right. concert coming up in two weeks and it is music from seven continents. So I've got a song from every continent, sometimes two. Uh, and and that's going to be what that is. I have some second grade speakers who are going to be introducing the songs. And then on some of the songs, kids will be demonstrating the game or they will be playing an instrument part. And I assign that per class. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the big theme here that I'm hearing from all of these different types of performances, and this is something, again, we preach whether you're in a pinch or not, is to not stop the world, to do whatever canned musical looks cute when you're browsing the catalog because those just take so much time to learn all that music from scratch so especially if you're in a pinch but really for us all the time but especially when you're in a pinch we highly highly recommend creating a program or a concert or some sort of a musical event where you're highlighting music that the students already know so for example i'm also doing a picture book concert in two weeks with my second graders and we're doing where the wild things are and I know Alien Miracle sells uh, a, a kit of you know how to put that book together into a program mine is slightly different than hers um, but the idea is I'm taking songs that we know so for example the song apple tree we are singing wild things wild things we are very wild things we will cry and we will shout we will sing and dance about and we're adding some boom markers to it so that's like one class's like special thing is they get to play boom markers on that song so most of the songs we knew are songs that we already have been working on but maybe i just changed the words a little bit but then we'll change them back when the program's done like the kids understand this is just temporary and then a couple of new songs so like when max is sailing across the ocean to where the wild things are we're gonna sing row 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 your boat i'd never explicitly taught that song before most of the kids already knew it and then we're gonna add a little ostinato pattern to it to make it be concert ready so 
all that to say, you know, again, six, I'm doing this one in six class periods as well, because 75% of the songs they already knew, we're just changing the words to. So yeah, having music that they already know, whether it's just presenting a song or changing the words a little bit, that's one of my go-to strategies for in a pinch. For sure. Yes. So as far as maximizing class time, you mentioned splitting up the parts, Yeah. which is something that I am a big fan of. Um, and I have never had anyone, I haven't ha have not had students or parents complain that, well, why did you pick so-and-so's class to do the barred instruments for this song? I heard that my kids' class, they only got to experience that one time. Like, I try to make sure that every class experiences it a little bit, yeah. right? But when it comes down to um, the acoustic rooster, little um, orf arrangement, I am really giving that to Mrs. Kenner's class. They're focused on that. That's what they're going to mostly be doing. And in class, they're going to spend more time on that mm -hmm. than they're going to spend on some of the other things and they are definitely spending more time on that than the other classes are because they will be the instrument players and I'm not changing them out during the concert. We don't have time for that. Um, and also those transitions can get really clunky. Yeah. Um, and that's the only thing I have barred instruments for. So they are going to be experts by the time we are on stage, they are going to have it solid. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm doing for my wild things program. It's all boom walkers. I'm not even getting barred instruments out. So every class is doing something with boom walkers, whether it's playing the melody, adding a small ostinati, playing chords, they're all doing something with boom walkers, but each class is doing it on a different piece. So yeah, when yes. the kids come in to rehearse, we rehearse all the songs and then we spend a chunk of time rehearsing their special song. I call it the one right. that they're accompanying on the boom walkers, but the rest of the songs, we just sing through them once or twice and boom, we're, we're through yeah. it, you know? And yeah. yeah, when I think about, like you said, like parents complaining, I mean, to me, when I think about the kind of music program I did when I was young, it was a hundred million kids all packed on stage, just singing some songs, you know? So I think the fact that one class gets to come forward and do something special, yeah, it's only on that one song, but it's still time where they get to go forward and do a special job. And yes. yeah, I think that's super cool. And the parents get to see kids playing instruments and, you know, as well as singing and then we're, we usually do some sort of little dance as well at the end. Um, so they get to see all those different modalities of music making and not just, hey, we're going to stand on stage and sing a bunch of cute songs. Not that yeah. there's anything wrong with that. I've done that too. But when you bring a kid forward and they get to do an instrument, I think parents get excited and they understand you're not going to have all the kids playing instruments on every piece. That's just crazy, yes. right? Unless it was recorder or something, you know? I'm a big fan of the language and this song is featuring Mr. Yeah. Smith's class mm -hmm. on instruments. Yeah, that's cute. So easy to do. Yeah. Um, and like you, um, I'm for my program, we're not acting out the story. There's no max. They're all wild things. <laughs> so um, they're all going to be wearing little horns stuck on um, that they, they made in art class with my fabulous art teacher stuck on headbands and they got to paint them all different colors and they had different shapes they could choose from. Um, so they're all dressing the part of wild things. I asked them to wear our school shirts are just a plain black shirt with our school logo on the back this year. So I'm just asking 
asking them to wear that shirt because then it's plain black. And I'm like, if you lost your school shirt, just wear a plain black t-shirt. So it'll just be real simple. And then their horns will really pop. Um, you know, and I even had the kids asking like, well, who's going to be Max? Who's going to be Max? I'm like, there is no Max because we're not acting out the story. We're telling the story through music. I have narrators who are going to come forward. I have 12 different kids, each reading a chunk from the book. And that's it. That's all we're going to do. So we don't have to block on the stage as far as like acting out where we're going to be. Um, I'll bring the narrators into the gym one day during their recess time to have them each practice stepping forward and reading in the mic. And that's it. That's all we've got to do. Right. And you know, Carrie, as a creative director of this project, <laughs> you could really um, make a stance as this is a creative choice in the material that there is no max. So it, it can get very deep about like, you know, we're all wild things. And the idea of max is so esoteric, really, yeah. that we don't need to have him embodied <laughs> on stage. Right. It's, it's a I mean, deeper... Okay. I don't get that deep, but I am careful with my language. And you and I have had talks about this on and off mic about, is it a music program? Is it a performance? Is it a musical? You know, whatever you choose to call it is up to you. But I'm very intentional that I am not calling this particular program of where the wild things are. I'm not calling it a play and I'm not calling it a musical because to me, that means the kids are acting it out. I'm calling it a music program. I know you like the term mini musical, but I think that terminology is also helpful because it kind of sets it up for the parents what it's going to be um you know if you have a parent who's upset well okay they can get over it <laughs> i mean i don't know you could talk to them about it afterwards and give them your why but I've, I've never had a parent be upset about that style of program versus whatever junior musical is hot that year you know i mean i think yeah. parents are just happy to see their kids up on stage singing and doing something um, and they appreciate the work that we put into it to make it happen so um i i am careful about my term though when i'm sending home letters because i think that just sets it up in the parents head what it's going to be you know what i mean yes so let's talk about how we can get kids to rehearse their um the music, any kind of speaking part they might have. Yeah. They're doing it in class, but we want to have maybe an extra push for them to do some on their own because like I see kids for an entire week and then they go away for two weeks and then I don't see them again. Yeah. And um, I do email a lyric sheet, but I also give it in hard copy hmm. because I find that some parents check their email and they will go to that extra step of, you know, making sure the kid has it in hand, but especially with second graders, um, I can't guarantee that everyone's got a printer. I, I just think it's good for them to have a hard copy in their hot little hands. And my second grade concert that's coming up, I also made sure that the songs and the visual of the song, if there's little pictures, in the slides we've been using, it looks exactly the same in the song lyrics, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, it's just for them to have a hard copy of that. And it's really cute because they got really excited when I gave them their, their lyric sheets. They're like, oh, I can practice outside of music? I'm like, oh, yes. Yes, you can. And you should. That's Here really you cute. 
I haven't yeah. done that with primary kids, but I'll say, I mean, I'm a big fan of just posting things in Google Classroom. <laughs> so, you know, I have a Google Classroom for every group, third grade and up. I don't for K through two, but you could definitely with second, maybe even first, depending on, you know, what the home involvement is like there. But um, I always post practice tracks, videos if I can. So my finale for my stop program this last week was the cup game. And we did it with the music fiasco in which gets faster and faster. And this is actually an activity we did on their very first day of fifth grade music that we then recycled for the program. Um, so anyways, I, you know, some kids were like having a hard time remembering because we hadn't done it in a while and they wanted to practice at home. So I just found a YouTube video and threw it in there, you know, a tutorial of the cup game. Um, so yeah, posting things in a Google Classroom or whatever your LMS is, you saw Schoology, whatever, um, you know, will all kids do it? No. But like you said, some kids get jazzed and excited about it. Some kids even asked me because they had composed their own little stomp rhythms, you know, and mm -hmm. I had it all digitally on a on a like an interactive whiteboard page that I saved to my screen. And I had some kids who are like, can you send a screenshot of that to our Google Classroom so we can practice our rhythms at home? I was like, yes, yes, I will. So some kids really do take it seriously in practice. And that does help a lot, too. Yes. And you just have to know in your school community, what is the best way? What is the yeah. way that they are most accustomed to viewing stuff? Um, last year, my first year at the school, I tried to do things through Google Classrooms and they were flummoxed. They hmm. could not, the students and the parents were like, I don't know how to access that from home. Oh. I'm like, how That's do weird. you not, I don't, I don't know what the problem was, yeah. but it was very clear after a year of trying to give things out to choir and give things out to different grade levels. It was just, they, they don't access Google classroom from home. Mm -hmm. And that was not something that they were going to follow up with. So, yeah. you know, yeah, it depends on the school. My last school was big on class dojo, so I could post things there and they could practice at home. So, yeah. And another thing to ask, and I don't always do this, it depends on the teachers and it depends on what we're doing, but sometimes uh, my classroom teachers are really cool about if I create some sort of a playlist or some sort of like practice track video, something that they can easily show or listen to with the kids, um, they'll, they'll play it in their classroom, whether it's listening to it in the background where the kids are working or actually stopping and like during brain break, quote unquote, let's stand up and practice your music program songs. I've had some really fantastic grade level teams who have helped with that and that's so helpful especially if they have a schedule like what you're talking about tanya where you don't see them for you know two whole weeks and you're afraid they're gonna forget so um you know it doesn't hurt to ask your classroom teachers especially if you're in a time crunch like hey if i send you a couple videos will you do this maybe every other day this week you know or something like that yeah. And I've done that too. And I just leave it open to the classroom teacher and say, if you want it, it's there. I'm not expecting it. If it happens, that's great. Um, but I have found that there are classroom teachers who really like to play that maybe at the very beginning of the day while kids are doing their beginning of the day work or putting things away, maybe after lunch. It's interesting um, and, and kind of fun to like be walking through the halls and after I do my duty and, and hear that music drifting from a classroom and go, oh yeah, they're doing it. They're doing the so thing. So cute. Or yeah. what my very first school I taught at the art room is right across the hall. And so she always told me, I mean, all the time, but especially during program time, she's like, leave your door open. I'll leave my door open. So while the kids are working on art, you know, these second graders over here are listening to these second graders rehearse and they're singing along and humming along. So just having your door open sometimes helps. Okay. Them. Can I just, I have a little confessional along those lines. 
Oh, yeah. I'm not even sure, sure I should say it because my art teacher, she told me she listened to a, one of our podcasts. Oh, no. And so now I'm going to like confess something that she probably figured out this past week. Um, sometimes, not every time, but sometimes when uh, the kids are coming into the music room and we're still technically out in the hallway. And meanwhile, there's a class going into art and then there's a class going across the hall into the the extra um, specials room, the Mart room, um, I will start singing and the second graders who are coming into my room start singing. But then I know that the second graders who are going into the other rooms, they hear it and they start singing it as well. So there might've been a couple of times last week where I just started singing uh, La Puga de San Jose and and then the hallway is just filled with the song and I, I should feel bad because, you know, I'm not trying to set up any kind of um, classroom management challenge at the beginning of <laughs> art. Oh. Uh, but, you know, That's funny, sneaky, sneaky practicing. I know. I'm so sorry, Mary Beth. If it's bothering you, you just let me know. <laughs> I love it. Well, along those lines, you know, asking for help outside of your little world, sometimes we just, we forget and we get so stuck and I'm just going to do this thing and I'm just going to do this thing and we become little, little music teacher martyrs, right? But remember anything that's not related specifically to practicing, whether it's helping out with scenery, costumes, making programs, all of that, you know, secretarial type of work that maybe gets you bogged down, um, ask for help from parents. Um, if you have paraprofessionals in your school that have clerical time, sometimes I forget like, oh, I can give them things to do too. And we're very blessed at my school with a paraprofessional who has a couple of hours of AMP or specials teachers designated clerical time. And usually the art teacher is using that and I, I let her have it, but occasionally I'm like, I really need our, our paraprofessional to help me print some programs today or whatever. So sending yeah. letters home to parents, all that kind of stuff, enlist help, anything that doesn't require a music education degree can be done by, you know, some awesome, you know, maybe even student volunteers can help with that kind of stuff. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. Reach out. And so finally to talk about it, maybe you have misjudged your time and the time crunch that you put yourself under this year was a little bit too stressful and maybe you want to allow more time for next year. I'm raising oh, my hand. Carrie is That's raising her hand. Um, <laughs> you know, so it is not too early to think about planning for next year. And I will say that I am not unhappy with the amount of time that I've allotted to really like get the program going. What I am unhappy with, with past Tanya is that I scheduled three performances in three months at the beginning of each month at the end of the school year. That's what I'm unhappy with. Yeah, that's yeah. my problem too. I'm having a lot of overlap of fifth grade just finished, but I was already working on second grade and now second grade and fifth yep. grade were only two weeks apart. Plus I had a choir performance in the middle. So yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, so I'm, I'm feeling the crunch on that kind of thing that I'm just yeah. juggling lots of things like, oh, I really got to write those lyrics for this song. And oh yeah, that's second grade. We got to make sure we are, yeah. There's, well, there's and the honest truth is that I hate is that I spend so much time on that stuff and then I forget, oh yeah, I just need to write a really good 
first grade lesson plan. And I feel like my kiddos who don't have concerts are not getting my full attention and my lesson plans are suffering. In fact, yesterday I saw my principal walking down the hall with her laptop and all I could think was don't come in my room for an observation today because I was kind of phoning it in just a little bit. I mean, it was still, it was fine. The lesson was fine. We weren't watching movies or anything like that, but you know, it was kind of like reviewing a lot of singing, like in, in a different grade, you know, because I was tired. I had done a program the night before and I was doing a national anthem concert that night. And I was like, I just need a real simple first grade day where we were kind of just playing some of our favorite singing games and did a little literacy thing. And that was pretty much it. Um, it just wasn't a real heavy duty lesson. So I'm like, don't come in my room. Cause I feel like I'd be embarrassed. She would have understood. She is really a great administrator, but all that to say, I want to make sure that my time and attention on my classes that are doing programs doesn't completely derail me from being a really good music teacher for all my other classes, right? Right. And you know what? I, I have to mention that when I was doing my student teaching in elementary music, the cooperating, cooperating teacher that I worked with, uh, she always had a policy of the, the day after a concert, she would take that off. She had a parent that would videotape because this is how long I've been teaching videotapes. Yeah. She had a parent that would videotape the concert and she would write the lesson plans way ahead of time. She got her sub situated way ahead of time. And every single time she had a concert, the next day she was gone. And yeah. the kids who did the concert would watch the videotape. She already had lesson plans going and she made no apologies. And I thought that was awesome. Now, have I done that? I have never done that, but someday maybe I could do that. I try to schedule my concerts if I can, because I, I like Thursday nights. Thursday night's my favorite concert night. And oftentimes I will try to schedule it on a Thursday where we have a Friday off for either a work day. So like later in April, we have a work day and a Friday. And the night before my fourth graders are going to do a little informants sharing of Colorado history, a Colorado history music program. So um, yeah, so all that to say, I know that the next day, well, I do have things to do on the next day, but that's neither here nor there. It's just won't be teaching <laughs> children. <laughs> you know, I don't think I could do that because I have so many families that when we have like a Friday off, they will leave town on the Thursday oh. and some will even take off the Thursday. Before. That's true. I didn't think of that. Well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out if a bunch of kids are gone. Um, anyways, but yeah, scheduling concerts for next year is a good thing to do. And I, I meant to do it last year before I left for summer and I didn't. And this is how I got in the predicament that I did this year where I was left with whatever was left after PTA meetings were scheduled and all the other clubs and things were scheduled. Then I was trying to squeeze in programs and that's how some of them got too close together. So if I put my things on the calendar first, I can prioritize when they work for me and then everyone else can work around me. That would be much better. So I'm going to do it this May. Yes. It's going to happen. <laughs> me too. And also, you know, I mean, we talk about this all the time. What what do you want your concert season to look like? Are you a, I want to do a program in every single grade level or something in every single grade level? Are you like a first, third, fifth kind of person? Are you a depends on the kids kind of person? The music teacher who was before me at my school always did a second grade musical or program and a fifth grade musical or program, and that's it. I've started to kind of add other grades, but the things I'm doing with other grades are real again, like an informants or a 
family, you know, music night. It's not like a big performance. So I'm still kind of keeping second and fifth as like the two big ones. And I still do a choir. And then if I do anything else at any other grade level, it's very informal. So I'm kind of sticking with her tradition. Um, you know, maybe it's just not possible for you personally. Maybe you have little kids at home or you're in grad school or whatever. So maybe you personally cannot do <laughs> something with every single grade level. So you know, kind of or say- maybe you just don't want to do yeah, that. Well, that too. And maybe yeah, you exactly. want to protect, maybe you are feeling like if you have this many, much, much more, you're going to be looking at burnout. Yeah. Maybe you don't even have to have little kids or going to grad school or your life is your life. And no oh. is a complete sentence. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the last thing I was going to say when all of those extra things come up, because I know Sometimes I'm good about scheduling what feels right for me, but then I get asked, oh, can you have a group of kids come sing at this thing? Can you have a group of kids? And like many teachers, I have a hard time saying no. And then all of a sudden things get out of hand. So it's okay to say no (laughs) to protect yourself and your students from from burnout, from concert burnout. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and if the PTA really wants the choir to sing, well, they maybe need to go ask the high school choir to come and sing or something. You know, it doesn't need to be you and your kids all the time, especially if you are in a situation where not getting paid for that, which is a whole different podcast episode. Right. And you have to know your building, your administration, your community, and all of those things, because of course, you want to make the best choices. If if you're a first year teacher and they expect X, Y, Z, and you said you were going to deliver X, Y, Z, and then all of a sudden you dig your heels in and say, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, that you're just kind of handicapping yourself. Right. Um, yeah. There's a lot to take into consideration. I just, you know, you've got to know your situation and know the expectations and know what your bandwidth is. Um, in regard to all of that. And boy, my goal next year is to have things planned well before school starts and also to not fall into the rut that I am known to fall into of doing, oh, well, third grade had their concert in March this year. So next year we'll have our concert in March again. I don't want to like start a groove of an expectation from me or from the community that third grade always has a concert in the spring and it's always going to include recorders. I, I don't want that expectation or that would be easy for me to just fall into. I I would like to keep it mixed up a little bit, you know? Yeah. And it depends on the kids and what they're capable of, because maybe this year's third graders are very different than next year's third graders as far as their musical skills, their attention span. Maybe there are some grades that are just not ready to do a performance for whatever reason, and that's okay, too. So, yeah, exactly. And now it is time for our Know Better, Do Better segment, where we give some ideas and ponderings about how to be a better culturally responsive teacher. So, Tanya, what would you like to talk about? Okay, well, this is not going to fulfill all of that. I just really (laughs) wanted to point out um, how we should, of course, be talking about current musics, right? And we talk a lot about how... um, current uh, things happening politically or globally are great times for us to make that connection in the music room of, oh, well, here's some music from some people that you've probably been hearing about. So 
I'm sure you all know if you've watched the Grammys or even heard about the Grammy Grammys that uh, Beyonce. Um, I'm sorry, I mean the Super Bowl because this is when Beyonce dropped her her latest two songs and on Texas Hold'em. Rhiannon Giddens plays the opening banjo lick and throughout the song. And so, of course, I used that as a, hey, this song that is like now I'm seeing popping up on TikTok everywhere. Oh, yeah. um, if you've heard this song, then you've heard Rhiannon Giddens. And it's just it just works so well because... I'm doing my musician of the day. Every day is a new black musician. Rhiannon Giddens is definitely someone who I've hi- I highlighted this past week. And it was just a really nice way of saying she's way current. Because oftentimes I get concerned that if I talk about Louis Armstrong, who is an icon, who is so very important, but and not, I mean, if I talk about someone like Louis Armstrong, it's really hard to convey to kids today that here's somebody who lived a long, long time ago. Maybe you've heard his voice. Maybe you've heard his trumpet playing and not really relevant in your world, but here he is, right? Mm -hmm. But here we go with something that is extremely current because we're hearing Texas Hold'em all over the place and we're hearing Rhiannon Giddens work when we hear that. So, and I also just thought it was, it was lovely and humorous because Rhiannon Giddens had, had said, well, when I'm on a Beyonce song, that's when I know, you know, that's the pinnacle of of my work. And I know that I've I've getting the word out about banjo being a black instrument is when it's featured on my plane is featured on a Beyonce song. So there you go. Well, and just all the 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 talk and debate that's gonna is happening already and gonna happen about Beyonce's place in country music and black folks' place in country music when country music was black folks' music originally, and mm-hmm. that's what Rhiannon Giddens' whole platform is. And I want to add too, if you follow her, um, Rhiannon Giddens on social media, I mean specifically Facebook, although it's probably on Instagram too. Um, she's been doing all throughout February a black banjo renaissance, and I'm sure that the term renaissance was no coincidence um, where she is featuring a black banjo player current or past um, and their influence on the genre as well so even if you just follow Rhiannon you will learn about that's the gateway to so many more (laughs) musicians Um, she is just a wealth of knowledge I just I adore her (laughs) so I'm glad you're talking about it because it's it's just so it's just so great to just show kids um, here's here's a connection yeah you're already hearing this and yeah. somebody you should be hearing more of and yeah will lead you down more musical paths and that's that's what we're after yeah. right if kids are excited about any music at all that's great it always leads to more music yay yay we always like to work smarter not harder carrie tell us how we can do that so this is a nice little teacher tip and a safety tip specifically too. So when I am playing chase games with my students, particularly like duck, duck, goose style chase games, I have noticed sort of over my teaching years, and maybe you've noticed it too, that little ones, they like to stick their hand out behind them and like either try to tag the person. I mean, I'm hoping they're not trying to trip them. You mean or the I'll people just... in the circle? 
Well, yeah, like sitting in a circle, kids are running behind them kind of a thing. Um, or they might do the like, I'm going to like do a little roll, like a little egg back and forth, like during this chase game. Have you had this happen? Um, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I, it, that, yeah, it kind of pushes my buttons in a bad way. I have to take oh, a yeah. big breath so i address it yeah yeah so here's my tip and i don't know how i came upon it other than oh and it also takes care of kids screaming too because i would have kids who would start cheering for kids as they were going around right so here's what i tell them to do i tell them to take their hands and drum roll on their lap while the kids are running around the circle maybe i learned this from you tanya i don't know where i saw it but or i, I just started too. doing yes. it but it creates that excitement. They're like on their lap while the kids are running around. And I tell them that's how they cheer for their friends. And that's how they keep their hand. Well, I don't even tell them that part. But for me, that's how it keeps their hands busy and it keeps them sitting up and engaged in what's happening. So yeah, just this last couple of weeks, I did my first chase game like that with kindergarten because I did my little made up Valentine song that I sang, I think in the last podcast where somebody's walking around with a little Valentine bear, they drop it behind a kid that kid picks up the bear and chases the other kid and this is the first time we've done a game like that a duck duck goose style game and also kids don't know duck duck goose very well so you know teaching them to run around and sit in the spot of the kid who was there before you um the first time we played the game i actually told them to leave the bear where it was and run around without it and then once they knew how to play the game then i told them to pick up the bear and take it with them um, but anyway that necessarily isn't the tip the tip specifically is to drum roll teach the kids to drum roll their hands in their lap during the chase because it'll keep their hands in front of them and it will keep them from screaming and it, it works and i even do it as the kids all the way through <laughs> every time we do a chase game i remind them to do the little drum roll and it works yes So now it's time for our CODA section where we give a specific recommendation of something we're enjoying for either in or out of the classroom. Besides Beyonce and Rhiannon Giddens, what else are you enjoying, Danya? Well, I'm actually going to be talking about something that I have been using in the classroom. Um, and I got it from someone on Instagram. And I am so sorry that I do not remember who that was because in the moment I didn't really think that I was going to use it, but then I went and explored. Um, there is a program, a, a page called uh, bird song hero. And it's essentially for birders, people who are trying to like recognize birds by their, their visuals, but also by their bird song. And so bird song hero is where it's this little game. Um, online and you go in and it gives you a picture and a description uh, or the name of three different birds and then it shows a spectrograph right next to each bird of their bird song and then there's like question one and you hit the play button and you hear a bird song and you have to try to guess before you hear the other before you hear the actual birds like oh did what I hear match this spectrograph or did it match this one? It's, you know, a visual interpretation showing the highs and lows. Um, I, I used it in kindergarten because we are exploring high and low and we're not getting right now into specific beyond an octave. We're not going smaller than an octave at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm really focusing us on um, high voice, 
talking voice, low voice, talking voice, high sounds, like in general, low sounds in general. And so um, when we did this birdsong hero, it was really fascinating to see how well they did matching a visual representation of the sound. And I didn't even say, well, this means it's going high and that means it's going, I mean, they just figured this out. Um, But it was a lot of fun to do just a couple of these in class as a class. And I did this with kindergarten. And then, because it was Friday, I was like, you know what? I have a few minutes with fourth grade. Let's do it with fourth grade and see. (laughs) I know. Um, And fourth grade, same thing. They were into that as well. And uh, they were fascinated by it. And it's a lot of fun. I am not a birder. Um, I do like to hear bird song. But uh, it was just really just a fun little additional thing. Not I'm not going to build an entire unit around birdsong. I'm not messy oh, in. Yeah. I'm not going to compose. You know, I mean, I appreciate that. But anyway. But how, I mean, they're, oh my gosh, I'm just thinking all the connections, you know, like you could okay, have fine. them you too. Could, you go write the unit then, Carrie. <laughs> what is all the vocal, vocal exploration stuff that you can do with them on you that? You totally could. Yes. Tying it into that Jenny Jenkins song and picture book by fire. I could bring it into my acoustic rooster in his barnyard band. There you go. Maybe that'll be my transition is that I just show spectrographs of bird song. Oh my gosh. You could do, I don't know how that would go. Kindergarten year of bird. I mean, bluebird and and cuckoo and. Oh my. (laughs) All the birds. Oh, that's so sweet. All right. I'm adding that to my list of bird stuff. I love that. Yes. Yeah, and did not... you have them do vocal exploration too? Like, did you have them like sing it and woo woo it up and down and all that kind of stuff? You know what? I did not. But you could. Oh, no, it's okay. I'm not judging. I'm just curious. <laughs> it was the end of the class period. Gotcha. Just kind of like, let's see if we can make the visual and yeah. what we hear. Let's see if we can match the two. The thing about birdsong is it is so hard. So many of those bird songs are just impossible to recreate. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Good fun. Okay. We'll have the link in the show notes. Yeah. Yes. So are you going to talk about murder? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I just guessed. Well, but this is lighter than the last one, I promise. No, I I read a book and I read this book really fast, which for me means it it was good. I mean, for me. Um, So I read The Guest List by Lucy Foley. You saw me reading this on our last trip, Tanya. Um, This is just a good old classic murder mystery, very Agatha Christie-esque. It's it's set on a remote island off the coast of Ireland, and it's a wedding weekend, and everyone's a suspect, and you don't know who's been murdered because of course it starts with someone's been murdered and then it backs up and you don't even know who's murdered so the whole time you're guessing who's gonna get murdered and who's gonna do it and everyone i mean it's it's a little much i mean it's it's a little not realistic in the fact that like really everyone's a suspect but but i love those kind of things very you know um what's that movie that i love so much very knives out like or you know it's very much that kind of vibe um and it's set off Ireland so you know you've got all these lovely British and Irish references in it and it's a wedding so that's fun um so yeah it's just it was a fun read it was a quick read um you know it's been out for a while this isn't a new book but it's a good one so if you like murder mysteries the guest list by Lucy Foley and it's not super disturbing I promise I mean there's some there's some things in it of course as always um you know 
just know for trigger warning purposes there there's murder but it's not it's not true crime so there you go okay yeah yeah it's a good one awesome We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. And we always appreciate folks buying us a coffee, so look for that link on our show notes and on our Facebook page. Also remember, our shows are now on YouTube, so if you enjoy watching as well as listening, you can find us there. Just search for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking. Music